Welcome to the Gathering Place Church weekly podcast. We hope today's message ignites, equips, and challenges you to live out your Christian faith and to bring healing to a broken world. Before you sit down, I want to break through something here this morning. And I want you, as an individual, to thank him and praise him for the good things in your life. And let me help you along. The roof over your head last night, the heat you were able to turn on, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, thank him for it right now. Tell him, say, I thank you, Father. I praise you for that. You are worthy of that. Those are blessings in your life. And it's important that we realize just where all that comes from. I know you had a part in it. I know you've worked for it. But look at what he's done for you. Think today, this morning, about what God has done for me. Not what he has not done for you, but what he has done for you. That said, Jesus' name, sit down. I know you want to. I want you to know before I get started that I struggled with this yesterday more than any other message I've ever given. Five hours just yesterday and a few days before that because I had trouble getting it in a way that I felt like it would convey to you and your spirit and your place in life that you would understand fully where I'm coming from with it. And that tells me that somebody doesn't want you to hear it. And I feel that what Bree felt this morning, the heaviness is that reason. So keep your antennas up and your ears open so that we can receive what God has for us. I titled the message today in question form. And you're going to have a piece of paper. It's not a test. You're not going to be graded on it or anything. But there's a piece of paper and a pen in front of you. And I want you to help me along with this. The question I want to ask you, and it's like Jeopardy. You're only going to have so long to answer it. The reason being is I want it to be the first thing that comes to your mind. I don't want you to have any kind of time to study on it. But I want to know in three words what God is to you, who God is to you. So go ahead, you have about 10 seconds to write down three words. Our minds and our hearts as human beings. The Bible says in effect even that whatever you think God is, that he will be to you. Everybody got their three words down? Pencils down. I always wanted to say that. The place 
that this message is coming to you from, from me, is a place where life isn't always easy. Anybody agree with that? Sometimes we get hit up beside the head with a two-by-four. Sometimes we walk off a cliff. There's circumstances, there's things, there's issues in life that we have to deal with even as Christians, as believers. And I'm going to get into all that here in a minute, but there was a story that I was told by a friend of mine on this particular day a few years ago when God showed me something through it. And in this story, which I would never repeat, I got in my pickup truck my heart was dragging the ground, my stomach was upside down, and my mind was scattered. And I said to God when I got in my truck, I said, I don't understand how one human being can do this to another human being and appear to not even care about what they had done. Anybody ever questioned God? And God, through my own thought process as I drove away and I was tore up, he said to me, Chad, what am I to you? And, and I got to tell you what I would have wrote down had at that particular time, the question that I gave you had been presented to me, I would have wrote wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Why? Because it's something I've always wanted, desired, prayed for, and felt if I had that, I didn't need anything else. How many of you know I'm wrong in that? You could have simply wrote God as everything. I said that you're everything. Well, you know. What is he to you? What stands, what, what part of God and what he has to offer is your strength? because probably the three words that you have written down is something you thrive in. That, that you look to God for. That you're gifted in. And I, I want to say this before I go any further. I am not here in any way, shape, or form to define God. For Chad Robinson to define God would only limit him in every possible way. But I'm here to show you or tell you what he showed me that day when I was so tore up and almost to the point of, do you really exist? And he made this very clear to me. And I want to, first of all, I want to read from John 1, just the first verse. In the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So I'm coming to you from God is, the Word. And in John 10, I want to start with verse 7 through 18. Verse 1 through 5, Jesus was speaking. If you have a red-letter edition Bible, this is in red. I always love to hear 
and read when Jesus was speaking. I picture myself in a boat right offshore listening to him preach. Probably because I've seen that picture somewhere. I think some fishermen were out in a boat. But I, I, I pay attention, extreme attention, to when I know that it's Jesus speaking. And he was speaking to the Jews in the first five verses, and they didn't understand what he was saying. So he backed up, rephrased, refreshed what he had to say. And this is where it started. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. Everybody say, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever come before me were thieves and robbers. But the sheep, who's the sheep? We're the sheep. They did not listen to him, them. Everybody say, I am. The gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. We will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Everybody say, I am. The good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Everybody say, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. This is good. I have other sheep that are not in this sheep pen. They're not in this flock. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and they shall be one flock and one shepherd. I'm looking forward to that day. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. This revelation, if you will, that God gave me didn't come overnight. I didn't run home and read this, and it, was, it was, took time for me to, to really get myself into where I believe that he wanted to take me in all of this, in my aspect of him, in my view of him, and what I saw in him. You see, in that verse, Jesus said the thief comes. He didn't say the thief came. In other words, the thief is still here among us. The wolf still shows up. Might be lingering behind a tree waiting for the right time. Waiting for us to be in the right position. Waiting for us to walk away from the flock and from the shepherd. He is my shepherd first and foremost. He leads me and guides me through his word and through his spirit. His word 
says that he loves me. He is love. He is the word. He is all of these things. But he's a shepherd. Chad, I'm showing you. What am I to you? Are you going to allow what this person does affect how I'm leading you? Is that going to scatter you? Is that going to take you outside of where I need you to be? You talking about, and I want you, it's between you and God. We all need to know that he's a shepherd. The hired hand, who's the hired hand? Does anybody really care right now who the hired hand is? You know, we, we, we look to people because they're, we can see them, we can feel them, we can hold them. But do they affect the way the shepherd leads you? Let me tell you something about sheep that I just learned. They are sheepish. They literally cannot even find their own food. They will stay in the same pasture and eat it bare to dirt, and when it's gone, almost literally fall over until someone takes them and pushes them into greener pasture. And David said, you lead me beside still water. Anybody ever really give that any thought? Sheep will not even drink from a fast-moving stream. The water's right there. They, they will not stick their tongue in it because they're afraid of the noise. They run from it. So still water, you have to, a shepherd has to lead the sheep to, to water that they will even drink. That their defense mechanism is zero. They can be attacked by a wolf and eat. In other words, when the, the sheep scatter, that's their defense mechanism. Is If we all run different directions, one sheep, uh, wolf can't eat us all. I hope he doesn't pick me. Amen. The hired hand, he's there for the paycheck. He's self-loving. He's thinking of nothing but self-preservation. He's going to save face. He's going to run. He's going to leave you standing there. They are going to leave you standing there. But we tend to take our faith in God as our shepherd leading us and, and place that on other people. I expect you to feel and think the way I do. I expect you to respect this the way I do. I expect. How many of you know we're all different? That's why I ask you, who is God to you? And I need to apologize in advance. If I sound firm or I don't have soft voice or soft eyes, it's my personality. I apologize. It's my way of communication. I was told one time by an employee that worked for me, he said, he said, I realize you're the owner, 
but you really probably ought to go take a class in management because you don't convey yourself well <laughs> in the meeting. I'm honest to God's truth. I had somebody else tell me that worked for me later. I said, I I'm sorry I said it that way, and they laughed and said, oh, that's the Chad way. I've come to love it and understand it and accept it. The hired hand. Don't lean on the hired hand. That's someone, basically. I'm not saying everybody. I'm not here to upset anybody. But that's probably someone that's going to try to pull you away from the flock in some little way, shape, or form. And yes, you love them, and you can still be with them, but you've got to stand strong in your God, in the shepherd that's leading you somewhere. Because you, you, you can't drag everybody with you. You can't. He's going to show you and teach you according to what you're willing to let him. You see, he says, I know them, and they know me. A shepherd leads, and the sheep follow. And this is the word that we're to follow. This is God. This is the structure that we're to, to put our life in. If he's leading you. All of the other things, love, joy, Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, peace, those are gifts. Those are gifts that come along with you being led by Him. They're gifts. God isn't loving, He is love. God isn't truthful, He is the truth. The truth will set you free, except for a white lie. I'm going to tell a white lie so I don't hurt this person's feelings. I don't want to hurt them. And then two, three years later, they find out that you told them a white lie. And that person loved you and trusted you enough to believe your lie. Then you made them live your lie. Then you took your sin and you threw your sin off on them. Does that make any sense? The hired hand. You know, everybody knows the story of abortion. It's out there every day on the television. If you've ever turned yours on. And you know, I talking to Teresa, and they were talking about the the uh, the incest and the rape. I said, "Look how that man took his sin." and literally threw it on somebody else. I'm going to take my sin, and I'm going to put you in the corner where you're going to sin. I'm going to take my sin, and I'm going to throw it on you. You need to put your guards up and know who your shepherd is and what your shepherd tells you to do and not listen to the hired hand, not give any the hired hand will throw their sin all over the place and deny it all the way out the door. That's the hired hand. No one, Jesus said no one, 
and take it from them. Do you feel that strong in being led by your shepherd? No one can convince me otherwise. No one can throw their garbage on me. I'm not throwing my garbage on anybody else. Who is God to you? Who is God to me? Everybody has a free will. Everybody. You have one. The person sitting next to you has one. They have the free will to make split-second decisions. They have the free will to contemplate their decisions. And that's between you and God. And you need to make sure that the decision process in you stays the same according to being led by him. He's the shepherd. And he offers a lot of gifts to come along with him. Things come our way in life that want to scatter you. And holding on to who he is and what he is and the good that he has in store for you is the decision process that I choose to stay in. In other words, I can't let anything affect who I am in him, who he is in me. He knows me and I know him. And I want all of us to understand when we feel like God has better way to word this. God, you could just fix that so quickly. Why don't you just fix that? Why do I have to deal with this? What You, you say you're a healer. One, one of the stories that, that I, I'm sure everybody has heard stories like this, but this, this one friend of mine was going in for surgery. And I said, you know, I said, I'll be thinking about you tomorrow and praying for you. And he said, you don't need to pray for me. And the conversation went on as in uh, my grandmother, she spoke of God all the time, preached God to us, spoke of this healing power. She prayed for healing. She didn't get it. And I sat in the hospital room and watched her pass away. You can, I, don't, I don't need any of that. Another story, you know, I grew up in the church. My parents were active in the church. My parents divorced, drug us through it. I'm an atheist. You know, it's God simply leads. And the point that I want to make today is we can't allow the human being aspect of things, the decisions that affect our relationship with God. It is hard. It is hard when you've been done wrong. It is hard when you've been hurt. It is hard. But the outcome of staying within his word for you. Why does he say revenge is mine? Why does, why does God say a lot of the things that he tells us as a church and as his people? 
that help us to understand that we're to look to him, that we're con to conduct our lives according to the way he would have us conduct them regardless of what has been done to us. He has the best in mind for you. He has the best in mind for me. And it, you reach a point to where none of his gifts, all of those things I mentioned, that when, when you're led by him can be fake or fake. You see what I'm saying? I got to put my smile on and walk through that door. I've got to show some joy today. Have you ever had to do it? We've all had to do it. How many of it want it to be real? I want it to be real. I want, I want what God really has for me. If you say you know me and I know you, I want everything that you have to offer me in that realm. I want to know you. And you know what? It's hard in life not to get bitter. It's hard in life not to become hard-hearted. I can come up with all the words that you need to hear. But what better way to scatter the flock? Listen, the enemy is not going to ride up on a black horse with a red cape on and a pitchfork and horns and show himself to you to the point where you say, oh, this isn't, this isn't of God. It's through discernment. It's through what you've learned sitting in those seats. It's from being willing to pick up on the hired hand. Being able to understand, yes, this friend understands me. This one probably doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Relying on something outside of his word. In love, let me tell you something. You know, I told you earlier that I prayed for wisdom and knowledge and understanding for my whole life. God had to straighten me out on that one day too. He said, Chad, I've given you what you've asked for. You've got it. You just don't know how to portray your wisdom with love. The truth hurts. It does. But I'd rather live in the truth than live a lie any day. Any day. I want, I want the truth on me. He is truth. He is life. And I want it real. I want God to... Do, to use me in the way that he wants to use me. I want my life as I'm being led by the good shepherd that people look at it. I mean, I know I'm never going to be perfect. I thought I was once, but I know that that's not going to happen. But when someone looks at me, they say, he knows God, and God knows him. My actions might not always betray him. 
get me out on the interstate one day in the fast lane with somebody on their phone driving 60 mile an hour and you wouldn't think God even knew who I was. The truth. I try to work on it every morning before I get on the interstate. I say, now God help me here. Help me to change. Help me to be the man you would have me be when I get out here on the interstate. To approach things with wisdom is a gift. And it comes through experience. And what I'm asking you today is to take your experience. The experience, because that's what it is when, when God gives us tribulation. And notice I said gives it. So that you become wiser. You have more knowledge. And if you feel like me, you feel like you'll never understand anything, but it's there, it's a gift, it's understanding. But that you take that and not let it scatter you. Not let it cause you to walk away from the flock. But that you keep your roots in the fact that He is going to lead you. He's, it is going to be alright. It will be. He promises us that. It will be alright. But you take those hardships and you use them to your advantage. Because you know what that is? Experience. And with experience comes knowledge. And with experience comes wisdom. And you learn how to adapt through all of it and walk out the other side a better person. Someone who loves God. Someone who knows God. And someone who God knows. God knows you and you know God. Take advantage of it and what he has to offer and realize that he is the shepherd and that he loves you. There's three different kinds of love. See, I, this is the only sermon that I've ever put together that I could have actually made a series out of, and I don't want to, Garrett, but... <laughs> I really, really had to condense it down, but I want to go on this one real quick with love. Um, in my studies, God speaks of three different types of love in the Bible. Agape love. That's the love you have for his creation, for his people. As I said earlier, you know, you still have to love the hired hand. And we do. He wants you to have that love that he has for his people. He said this plain as me today, one day cutting limbs off of trees. Do you love my people the way I love my people? And I said, immediately, I said, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> and it kind of hurt me when, when, when the thought process started going through when he said that to me. How? How do I do that? And then I thought, another is love for family. Anybody see the Dolly Parton uh, Christmas show the other night? Probably not. I'm the only guy that likes old country music. 
But anyway, uh, she sang a song about family, and it was so true. You gotta love family. You don't have a choice. They're, you do, but you don't. They're, their blood runs through them. You, you care for them. You do more for them than you do with the agape love. Come on, am I, you know. Are you going to be there for them when they need to do something or they want something done? Yes. It's love for family. Regardless of their addiction, regardless of their sexuality, all of them, you love them. And then there's, you know, that kind of love when you look in somebody's eyes and you're all tingly and conversation is good and, then, you know, it ends up other places. But those are the three types of love. But mostly what God speaks of in his word is the agape love. The love that we have for one another. All of his creation, even the ones that are not in his pen right now that I thought was funny when he said, I must go get. We have to love them too. And it's, it's it, you know, how, how do you define love when... You know, you're supposed to love these people that don't serve the same God you do. They don't think the way you do. They want to argue with you about it. You know, it's like, oh, Lord, what, can you ask any more of me here? How do I love this person? <laughs> we can't agree on anything. But that's, that's between them and God. That's why I ask you, what is God to you? Now you know what God is to me. Thank you for your time. Love you guys. And keep your eye on the good shepherd. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We pray it encouraged, uplifted, and challenged you to become more like Christ. We would love to hear from you. You can email your prayer request to prayer at gpcky.com. Loving our podcast? Take a moment and like and subscribe on our YouTube channel to stay up to date with all of our new content. Thanks for listening.